Okay, welcome to the Punch Touch Podcast. Real fans, real talk. We dissect, dive deep and discuss juicy bits of gossip and news from the world of boxing and MMA. I'm Coach T, I'm your host and welcome to a crazy ride of adventure. Real fans, for the fans. Let's go! Hey, it's the Punch Touch Podcast. It's the Punch Touch Podcast. Welcome, welcome everybody to another fantastic episode of Punch Touch Podcast. I'm your host, Coach T, and today, this evening, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are internationally, whenever you press play, (laughs) welcome, (laughs) welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 28. Never too late to become great. Let me say that again. And if you've been following MMA and specifically the UFC, you will understand why the title is called that. Because we witnessed something great. And you know why? Because it's never too late to become great. Episode 28. Wow, let's just jump into this. First of all, you know what? First of all, let's start with the boxing. Before we get to the whole point of why the title is called the title and we go into the brutal strategy of MMA, let's let's, let's deal with the boxing first of all because we had some really good bouts um, during this, this, you know, the Halloween weekend. And we had about October the 30th, 2021, Saturday in the O2 Arena, London, United Kingdom. I think the zone was on this. We had a super lightweight contest and this was a unification yeah, not no regular, not no regular bout. It's like you know, you got regular coffee. This this was something special. This was like some super duper mocha with espresso and topped off with a little bit of vanilla syrup and all sorts. This is unification. It's special. It's special and it's sweet. Unifications are sweet because winner takes more than the regular. The winner takes more than the regular. We had Chantel. El Capo Cameron versus Mary McGee from the States. Chantel was from England. Chantel was coming into this with like 14 and 0 and 0. Like, so she don't, she, she don't know about losing. She don't, she don't even, she ain't even had a sniff of losing. She don't know about losing. She's up against uh, a well, a well, a, a, a wily veteran, I should say, with uh, Mary McGee. Because Mary McGee's got 27 bouts, almost double, almost double. The amount that Cameron has with three losses. Okay. Very, very good fight. It was a... I like the fight because it was a clash of styles. It was a clash of styles. And and the fight was so... The the fight was so honest and so sincere that you could could even see... Like how good their, their camps were. Like how good their training was. You could even see how good their stamina was. The endurance from what they did before. I mean the fight was so sincere and honest. And clear like a. Like you know like a, a high priced crystal chandelier. That you could even see. Um, the weight cut. How the weight cut affected others. And I'm on the outside of, of both of both camps. So I'm, I'm only witnessing and seeing. Just like everyone else as a spectator. But I could see that McGee. Looked like she had a bit of a hard cut. But still she's a warrior man. She's straight up warrior. Great fight. You know, if you ain't seen it, I'm about to spoil it for you right now. So you can press pause and skip. Or you can carry on listen, listening. And um, basically, Cameron won. She won with a unanimous decision after 10 rounds. 
uh, scorecards were like 99 to 91, 100 to 90, 99 to 92. Unanimous. And, and she did win. She was she was the better person on the night and her strategy worked. Her strategy was great. Great fight. We've got Cameron is like she's 30 years old. We've got McGee, 35 years old. Both of them are orthodox. Um, I think the reach was negligible, to be honest. And, um, like, the KO ratio is quite similar. I mean, you know, Chantel's got 14 wins, 8 by KO. Gives her a 57% KO ratio. Uh, McGee, 27 wins, 15 by KO, which gives her a 56% uh, ratio. So it's quite even. It's, it's even out. Very even out. And both of them were, were ranked number 11 by The Ring magazine. Great fight, great fight. Um, belts on the line. We had a IBF title. Formerly held by Mary McGee, you know, and, and Capo had her WBC junior lightweight title. And um, Cameron come away with both of them. I mean, the first round, my gosh, guys. First round, both women get stuck right in. There was no feeling out process. There was no groping, you know, like a, like a, a, like a drunken dude window shopping in Amsterdam. There was no groping. It was straight into it, straight into it. Um, both women were just trying to establish themselves. Chantel came out hard. Mary came out hard. And you could see the footwork. You could see straight away, you could see that that Chantel, her footwork was was better. It was better. It, it, I mean, you could see it. She was going in and out. She was making angles. Her footwork was quicker. It was obviously quicker. Uh, Mary McGee, she's quiet. She was a bit of plodding. You could see she was plodding, but she was still putting a lot of energy into her connections when she made connections. First round, hard. I, I, I would have given that to um, Chantel, to be honest, though. Second round, wow. Second round, both women, they get stuck in. They really get stuck into it. And, and Cameron, she, you know, she's causing problems for Mary McGee with her footwork. And uh, towards the end of the second round, after a little bit of a melee, uh, <laughs> Cameron just pushes her down. And it's not like I oh, just stepped up to her and pushed her. They, they were in they were in the middle of a little bit of a pocket war, so they're both tight, real tight, in close, you know, like a pair of clothes that don't fit you anymore. They're real tight, really close, and something had to give, and Mary McGee gave herself to the ground when Cameron pushed her. And, yeah, so that was a little bit of a statement of intent from El Capo, and it was really good. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, good to see the wheels and to see... To see that they they just both turned up. They both turned up. Fourth round, I mean, third round was pretty similar to the same. Uh, Cameron's footwork, uh, it, it, it just took over, man. She's got really good feet. And she steps in and out. It's almost like she's taken, it's like she took, she really adapted the the amateur style of in and out with volume. Like in and out with volume. But she's adapted it. Because as she goes in, she kind of sits down on her punches and then she's able to release that, you know, to release the, the, you know, her gravity of her footwork. As she's on her front foot and she presses down, she's able to release that and push back real quick. I mean, it's, it's really impressive. It's all, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, Pacquiao's in and out. Da -da 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 -da. Da -da 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 -da. Like, it, it, it was reminiscent of that and it was very effective. Uh, her head work was good, her feints were good, footwork was giving Mary problems, but but Mary was, you know, all credit to her, a proper warrior, man, proper warrior, she was just digging in, trying to catch Cameron, and when she, could, and when she did catch Cameron, you could see the connections, there was some force within those punches, uh, fourth round, 
McGee started to look a little bit labor to me. As she was punching, she was reaching over her front foot. She was almost, you know, it just looked labored. It looked fatigued. It looked messy as well. I thought she was gassing. Personally, I thought she was gassing. To me, it looked like she was gassing and she was getting tired, you know, because it just, you uh, it, it it was good. There were there was some great you know toe to toe action boxing. You know, literally boxing in a phone booth type of action. But uh, you know, El Capo's El Capo was just a little bit. Sh she was a, a lot more sharper. I was gonna say a little bit, but nah. She was a lot more sharper, a lot more sharper. And and credit to her, her in and out movement was really good. Sixth round. Fast feet, same thing again, fast feet, in and out, straight work, and it was down the pipe, quick punching combos, I really, I really think that's effective, when you've got somebody um, laboured and slower than their opponent, and they decide to go all the way round the block to make a big connection, literally, you're going round the block, I mean, and when I say that, I mean literally, you're swinging round, like a, a bit like somebody, you know, like a discus, if, an, uh, you know, you imagine an Olympian doing a discus, and they swing their arm round, but if that, you know, if there's a lot of power that you're able to, you're able to generate a lot of power when you swing in round, but it takes you longer to get there, uh, you know what, El Capo was going, she was doing her as straight as the crow flies type of thing, straight, straight, pop, 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 straight, really good, that's why it reminded me of um, Pacquiao with that straight shot, so that bam, 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 and then she's gone, hit, 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 run, hit, 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 run, really good strategy, and it worked well, it really did work well. Um, tenth round, woo, really good back foot punching from Cameron because McGee was like, I'm on you, I'm on you. And she was relentless. I'm telling you, Mary was relentless. Absolutely relentless. Like McGee had to work. Sorry, not, not McGee, but uh, El Capo had to work to maintain her lead and to maintain her advantage of footwork. She had to work, literally. And, and it was great. It was great. Both women committed. Both women turned up. And you could see what they've been doing in their camps. And, and it came through and it shone through. Brilliant work. Tenth round. Great back foot fighting from McGee. I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. And um, she just, like, she just, she just had a really, really good fight. And it weren't easy for her. You know, she had to be smart. She had to pick her punches and she had to maintain her quick feet strategy, El Capo. She had to maintain maintain that strategy to in order for her to be the captain of this fight. She had to maintain that and she really, really did. And she won. She's a unified champion now. WBC lightweight, uh, lightweight belt uh, along with the IBF belt. Well fucking done. Like that was work. That was work. I mean, the scorecards may make it look a, like, you know, like it was just a dominant, it was a dominant display, but she, she had to eat some shots, yeah, she had to take a couple of shots to the jaw, she had to take some shots to her body, and she had to really work to make sure her, um, you know, her, her strategy was on point, great, great fight, let's move on to the next fight, because I, I, I want to, guys, I just want to cut through this boxing, I really want to cut through the boxing as quick as possible, so we can get to the UFC, because, what happened in the UFC almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. But anyway, Craig the Spider Richards versus Marek Matajic. 
I, th- I think that's how you pronounce it. If that's not how you pronounce it, apologies, Matichic. But uh, yeah, let's just call him Merrick. Merrick Matichic versus Craig the Spider Richards. This was for the vacant WBA International Lightweight title. What a fight. <laughs> what a fight because Craig, Craig had to adjust. Craig had to adjust and he did. And his adjustment to me shows boxing IQ and it shows his development as well that he's constantly learning and he's and he's mastering his craft I, I really enjoyed this fight to be honest um yeah I, I really enjoyed what what Craig had to do because the guy he was fighting was like he was cut from this hard that hard eastern block cloth you know and and his boxing was on point his straight lines were really good you know he, he was accurate he was straight down the pipe Good fight, and this is on the same card. So this is on the same card as as um, El Capo and Mary McGee. Wow, what can I say? Light heavyweight contest. Richards he's got sixteen two and one. Uh, Matajic is twenty two and two. The fight finished with a technical KO in round six. Craig's thirty one, six foot one. His opponent six foot two. I mean, reach is negligible here. Both of them got a, a, a really good reach. Both of them boxing out of the orthodox stance. Uh, good fight. Very, very good fight. We got 16 wins, 20 wins. We got nine KOs for the Spider, nine KOs for Matajic. And, and you know what? Their KO uh, percentage is not too far away. It, the KO percentage shows that uh, the Spider's got a little bit more of a bang bang. And so we saw compared to Matichid's, uh KO ratio, which is 45 and, and Craig's was 56. Good fight. Very, very good fight. You know what? How this fight went down, what can I say? Round one, Craig establishes his long jab. He's got a beautiful long jab, a stabbing jab. Stabbing, stabbing jab. Really long jab. And, it's a, and because he's a laid-back character as well, he's a laid-back character, the jab does... Deliver in a smooth way, very smooth. You know, it, it's smooth like you know, it, 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 like oiling down some form of army rifle. And the, the first time you oil it down, and the first bullet that let goes from from your newly refurbished rifle, it's just a smooth, smooth lock and load. And and you could see that lovely, lovely long jab. Matichichi's looking to take the center of the ring with sharp counters, and so they're having a little look at each other. They're having a bit of an aggressive look. It's not just like, oh, let me have a look. No, you're going to have a look with your face and with your fists. And hopefully your fists will hit the opponent's face as they're having a look. So they're having a bit of an aggressive look. And, um, yeah, Craig does well. He does well. My guy's got the center of the ring. Craig is just peppering him from, from the uh, outskirts. Round two, good left counter hook from Matichich Made a flash connection with the spider's jaw. And he ate that. He ate that well. Ate that. Like his first McD's breakfast in a long time. He gobbled that up. Not phased. Not phased. Looked like he could, he looked like he could eat another one. Looked like he could wash it down with some orange juice. He was cool. But he did catch a shot. It was a good eye-catching shot from Matichic. And and you could see the counters. You could see that Matichic was like, I'm going to let him attack me. I'm going to try and counter. And so the game of chess proceeded. Richards got, he got stung with a rear straight to the head. And he was getting stung Quite a few times with the rear straight to the head. He seemed to be susceptible to the rear shot to the head. He did, but he 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 eats them well. I think he's got a great jaw. 
you know, and I ain't nothing to do with his, um, you know, his finely manicured beard. Ain't nothing to do with that, like, you know, he, he took the shots really, really, really well. Um, heavy left hook to the temple. Matichic is, is using that straight overhand right and he's using it effectively. But at the same time, Richards is still getting stuck in, but I feel like Matichic was starting to try to um, outwork. He was trying to outwork the spider from round three, two, and four. Very, very interesting. After round four, up like... I should say after round five, um, Tony Bellew, who was, I don't know if he was ringside, but either way he was watching it and they they showed what Tony's cards were. Tony Tony Bellew, his he, former boxer, he also had a, he had a good fight with Usyk. He, he's had a few good fights with a lot of, he's had a lot of domestic fights. I do like Tony Bellew because he does fight domestically and he's done his thing internationally and, and he's done very well. David Hay. He's had fights with David Hay, I think twice. He's, you know, he's had fights with a lot of, um, a lot of local people. But uh, Tony Bellew's card at the end of round five, he had Matichic up by one point, which I thought was quite interesting, very interesting. I had it level, but maybe, maybe because I'm being a little bit biased to um, Richards, but I did have it level. But, it, you know, it's, it's when, when the fights are close. Like, when you watch a fight, guys, you can imagine that it's going to be... In, the judges that are interpreting based on their perspective, because some judges may like aggression, some judges may like the counter, some judges may like the slick, some judges may like the brawler, some judges may like the boxer, you know? Some judges may like the swagger, some judges may like the straightforward amateur stuff. It's It depends on your interpretation, especially, especially when... The rounds are close because the rounds were close. This was a, a a sincere, honest, competitive fight. Straight up, sincere and honest competitive fight. Yeah, so round six, Craig lands a great uppercut. Like, my goody, goody, gosh, this uppercut, this uppercut had buzz written all over it. And he landed it beautifully because Matichich, uh, uh, Matea, I think I'm, I'm pronouncing it right. Matichich, Mateja, Majai. Well, let's just call him Merrick. Merrick, he steps in. He steps in. And as Merrick steps in, he then is greeted at the door of Craig's chest with a ferocious uppercut. My goody, goody gosh. And I heard that. Everybody heard that. If I, if I can hear that, and I'm only catching the, the digital audio, you can imagine what that sounded like in the arena. Bang! Wow. Matajic is buzzed. Super buzzed. And then Craig starts his bombardment. He sees it. He's, it's like a shark in the ocean. He sees the blood, senses it, and then the frenzy of attack starts. Bang, 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 bang. He's just peppering, peppering, a Scotch bonnet style. He's just peppering. Peppering Matajic, and some of the shots are going a bit wayward. Sometimes he's smothering his own work because he's excited to try and get the knockdown. So you get a little bit excited, and you you lose a little bit of your technique as you try to go for the kill. But at the same time, he's dominating him with aggression. Wow, you know he finds himself. You know he finds himself, finds his distance, and he catches Matajic with some. Great shots. This is all within the bombardment. It was like three phases, maybe three phases of bombardment before the end phase is a is a I think it was a left hook and my man's head rolled like a like a decapitated China doll's head. It just rolled rolled off his shoulders. And then the ref stepped in. 
Some some were saying that the ref stepped in a little bit early. But however, you know, Matajid was being hammered, man. He was being hammered. I think it was going to come, you know. He, he could take a shot. You could see he could take a shot. He, he may be one of those types that are, you know, some boxers that have that bloodline where where they're just, like they, can, like, they can get knocked out on their feet. Like, literally, like, like you know, just knocked out on their feet. Petrified, stood still like some Chinese terracotta warrior. Just stood still in action, but you're out. Yeah. It was literally like that, you know, the ref was a bit early, but yeah, you know what, there wasn't much coming back from Matichichi, he, he got banged up, man, and that's, uh, yeah, that's just how it went down, so uh, Rich has done very well for that, and um, I think he's lived up to his new benchmark, and he made his new benchmark when he when he fought, um, what's his name, Better Biv, have I pronounced that correct? I don't think it's Better Biv, uh... What's his name? That guy. He fought this world-class guy. And uh, there's quite a few, peop few people that weren't giving him much of, you know, much of a, of a chance against, against you know, this guy. Um, Bivol, that's his name. Dimitri Bivol on the 1st of May 2021. Mate, Bivol's no joke. This man is a monster. He's a monster. He's definitely in that Halloween collection. And and Craig gave a great showing for himself. He done well because he touched up the monster. Like the monster touched him up. And yeah, he lost. He did he did lose, but on a unanimous decision. But nevertheless, he kinda like he 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 kinda his stock price went up for me personally because he showed to everyone that he deserves to be at that high level. And yeah, and long may that continue, you know. That was that was beautiful, beautiful fucking work. Great work, great work. Because he had to adjust. Because, um, you know, Majaya, Mata, Matajaya, he, you know, I'd like to call him Matajic, to be honest. I, I prefer with that. I may be pronouncing it wrong, but I think, you know, by the time you've pressed play now, I think you understand who I'm talking about. And I think he done well. You know, he was a tough opponent. This wasn't a walkover. This was not a gimme fight, like, like Dell would say. It wasn't a gimme fight. He had to work for this. And he had to adjust because there were some points of this fight where he was getting touched. But like a true, true champion and a true, true warrior, he adjusted and got the job done. Simples. Bang, bang. All right. So, heavyweights. Let's talk a little bit about the heavyweights. This is still still boxing. Still on the same card in our O2 arena on October the 30th on a Saturday, 2021. We had Johnny the Romford Bull Fisher. Against, I think his name's Alvarez, Alvero. I'm not sure about his first name, but it's Terrero. I like that. She ain't gonna forget the second. The surname is the surname. Just you know what? The surname sounds like he's cut from a long lineage of like matadors and like the whole family. Even the women, they just we just they just fight bulls. We just fight bulls. That's all we do. We just fight bulls. Like <laughs> Terrero, <laughs> Terrero. <laughs> I'm telling you. What a surname. That's what I mean. That surname's so good. You could be even probably put down a pair of jeans and some shit. That, that's a good name. Terrero. Johnny the Romford Bullfisher versus Terrero. Heavyweight contest. Now, Johnny. Johnny is like a diamond in the rough. Johnny won, by the way. He won violently. <laughs> he won violently. Like, this guy. This guy, mate. He's strong. He's. Yeah. He's. He's. Definitely cut from that gladiatorial cloth. This man, like, yeah. 
Johnny, Johnny's no joke. No joke whatsoever. And he done very well. He done very well against uh, uh, Torero. I think it's um, Johnny's, I think it was like his fourth fight, fifth fight. Uh, around four or five fights. And he hasn't had much amateur experience. So he's really like a diamond in a rough. Like he's, you can see the potential in him. You really can see that. Because he's, he's got the attributes. He's got the power. He's quite fast. He's a unit of a man. He's young, like 20, 22, 21. Like he's young. Some people would say that he hasn't even got his full man strength yet. So there may be more to come for, from this young Hulk. Like this guy is a unit and he was fighting Torero. Wow, what can I say? Round one, Fisher starts with some good movement. Uh, and his heavy, co his heavy combo straight away. Heavy combo straight away. Bap, 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 bap. Straight away, he's on business. And I think because of the crowd, I think he was in such... He was in such harmony with the crowd and really wanted to um, please them as well that he started really quick. So end of round one, Terrell didn't do too bad. He held his own, but he took some shots, man. This guy took some shots like tequila, like he don't drink tequila and you'd be taking a couple of shots. You could tell there was a little bit buzzed. Goes back into the corner and I believe um, Fisher's got, he's, he had, um, I think he had Tibbs in his corner as well. Uh, he had he had quite a, quite a very experienced corner, so he's got really good people to help develop him. Like he's he's landing on his feet with his camp, man. I really feel so. I really feel that's a a great testament to where people believe this this young man's gonna go. Round two. So wait a minute in the corner before round two, I could hear the corner telling uh, Johnny like, you know, just chill, wait for it. It will come. You know, you don't need to go in straight away. They're just trying to keep him on the boxing before he turns before he turns up the power. And it makes sense. It really does. It's intelligent. It's intelligent work, and it's and it's part of his learning curve as he learns his craft. Round two, the Rumford Bull power punch Torero to the floor. Kaboom, kaboom. Honestly, like it, you know what you could have put. You could have put some of that Batman shit. You know them old Batman feels. We got the Blow, pow, boom. <laughs> that's that's what you could have had flashing, flashing in firework lights because this man can bang. He can bang. He really can. And and it was vicious. Like he's his intent. His intent is. <laughs> his intent is violent, violence. <laughs> I'm telling you. I look forward to seeing this guy's fight. And so he, he dropped him three times. And, you know, all credit to Torero. He got up three times. Well, got up twice, you know. And I, and I believe he may have finished on his, on his feet the third time. But either way, he just got pummeled. He got pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. And to the roar of the crowd, he's got loads of support, Fisher. Like this guy, this guy could be the making of something really, really good here. And not just... You know, he's got a decent skill set, meaning that he's raw. He hasn't got super boxing talent. He hasn't, he's, you know, he's, he's not come from like a Lomachenko or over 200 and 300 amateur fights and stuff like that. No, but he's very raw. He's in a heavyweight div division. So, you know, the heavyweight division, I think that I think you can get you can get away with. You can be more successful in a heavyweight division if you haven't had much amateur experience because of the bang bang. And Deontay Wilder will tell you that. They don't get me wrong. The bronze bomber, he's he's had, you know, some some of that experience anyway with regards to the Olympics and stuff. But you know, you know, technicality is not his thing. But my God, this man's got a bang bang like Thor's hammer, and so does 
Fisher, Fisher's got a bang bang and he's vicious with it, like Vicious Fisher. I know they call him the Romford Bull, but I think my man, maybe his name should be changed to Vicious Fisher or Ferocious Fisher because this guy brings violence in the ring. Wow. Loads of support as well. He's got a lot of people following him. Great, great turnout for someone that hasn't had much fights to establish himself. And he's already established himself with regards to bombs on seats. So watch this space. We'll see what happens. All right. So let's switch this now to the UFC. Yes. The UFC. Now, I did episode 27 of Punch Touch Podcast was um, Young Gun and the Monsters. Young Gun and the Monsters. And excuse me, guys, I've got, I've got a little bit of the sniffles. You know, I don't think it's the Rona. I don't think it's the Rona. I just think it's the, uh, you know, the season of the sniffles. So, anyway, as I um, negotiate the bogey in my nose, let's talk about the UFC. Now, from that podcast... I was just talking about the last podcast, uh, episode 27, The Young Gun and the Monsters. And we spoke about this monstrous, this monstrous, scary Bomber Clark card of the UFC. Wow. Saturday, 30th of October, the Etihad Arena, Abu Dhabi, Middle East, nothing but beasts. There was Beasts on this card. Even the, prelim the, the the preliminaries had beasts on the card. Like, oh, I'm not going to talk about all of that. I'm not going to talk about all of that. But honestly, the monsters came out to play. And do you know what? It lived up to the hype. That's what I love. I, I, you know what? I, that's one thing I have to say about the UFC, guys. Like, I've, I've spoken about this with a lot of my guests, especially um, the farmer and... Uh, Detail Dell, the farmer and Dell, um, spoken about with regards to sometimes and uh, matchups in in professional fighting, especially boxing. Boxing is very old. Boxing is older than me, you. You know, it's really old. And modern day boxing, contemporary boxing, and contemporary management and politics, and you know, matchmaking, and you know. It, it can get a little bit murky and dirty, like shitty water. Honestly, it, it can get a little bit unclear, you know. And um, sometimes we don't get the best matchups with regards to boxing. Like, for example, how long we been? How long did we wait for Pacquiao and Mayweather? Like, how long did we wait? Like, how many Christmases did we have to wait for Pacquiao and Mayweather? Like. And they, and I think it was like four years, four years. So what you're gonna be better than you was four years ago, and and you're at the like you're at the tail end of of your career. No, I, you know I feel like, I feel like me personally, I can't speak for you, you know, or you or you or you, but I speak for myself, and I feel like I was kind of cheated to not able to see two top legendary athletes perform closer to their peak. Thing when they, you know, when they did get together, it just, you know, it just felt like, felt like, you know, and we got moving forward now. We got Crawford and Earl Spence. You know how long people been asking for Crawford and Earl Spence. You know how long. 
politics. Polit- politics have got into play. Politics have got into the way. Politics is sad to say. It is the politics of things that I don't know. For some reason, they couldn't. They couldn't do it. They they didn't do it. You know, and and in the meantime, in between time, injuries have happened. You know, Earl Spence is is out dealing with um, an injury and stuff, and you know, it just didn't happen. Crawford ain't fought for what was it, two years, a year and a half. You know, man, because that's talent. That's like well, you just like putting Ronaldinho on the bench, like putting Messi on the bench, putting Ronaldo on the bench, putting Jordan on the bench. Like, <laughs> come out and play, man. Come out and play. Express yourself so that everyone can see and say what a great, great display, you know? Come on. But anyway, it's just politics. So anyway, UFC. UFC don't do things like that. UFC gets the best fight and the best. They even make adjustments. They even make adjustments. For example, with Izzy going up to fight um, Yan, you know? Stuff like that. Just the best fight and the best and that's one thing I love about the UFC. Don't give a fuck. The best fight and the best. Beautiful to see from the UFC. I love that. Love that. I love that a lot. So, let's get to the UFC. Never too late to become great. My, my, my. Jan. Jan. Blakovich. Is it Blakovich or Blauovic? Blakovich, Blauovic. Just call him Jan. Yeah, yeah. I, personally, I like the Blackovich, you know, but I, it might not be pronounced that way. But hey, maybe I'm being biased. <laughs> Blackovich. Anyway, Yan versus Glover Tuxera. What a fight, people! People, this this was a really good fight, and it was very surprising as well. It was very surprising the way this fight turned out. I mean. Like, I mean, the background stories, if you if, if you ever looked at the background stories, it invites you, it captivates you, it draws you in even more so to what took place. Like, you know, Glover Tuxera, this man, Glover Tuxera, he's like, you know what, he's 42 years of age, you know, 42 years of age, he's, you know, he's being he fought in the UFC but then he had to leave due to um international illegal alien citizenship stuff and and so he fought in the UFC then he had to leave and then while it, while he left the UFC he was still plying his trade he was still working hard and then he got back to the UFC and like you know and and he ain't stopped working he just he just ain't stopped working what an amazing story of you know, like what what you can do when you put your mind to it, like what you can do, an amazing, beautiful, beautiful story from this man. You know, he's a, he's a Brazilian American mixed martial artist. You know, he, he you know he competes at light light heavyweight division of the UFC. Great, great, great ambassador for the UFC. You know, born in the same same year as me, October twenty eighth. All good. So we had Yan, Yan the champion versus Glover. So let's let's check out these stats now, guys, before I get into this. And you should know already that Glover managed to overcome all odds to become only, only 
like the second oldest fighter in UFC history to become an undisputed light heavyweight champion at age of 42. It was amazing. It was so amazing on his rise up to there. You know, I, I remember watching Glover when he fought um, Jimmy Manua. You know, Glover's fought everyone. He's fought everyone. Every, everyone. He's, 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 he's no joke, man. This guy is no joke. He's, he's serious. Actually, I take that back. I don't, he was due to fight Jimmy Manuel, but I don't think that fight happened. So, um, my bad. He, he was due to fight Jimmy, but I, it didn't happen in the end. Uh, and Jimmy's another warrior, man. Like, this guy, I think he's been in UFC for like 10 years plus. But we're not going to talk about Jimmy, but even though he is a, an amazing warrior, one of those foundation guys, you know, you can imagine training with him is like, is like a, a like, you know, just, it's like a different lifetime. So, Glover Chuck Zera, this guy, I mean, he holds the UFC all-time record for most submissions and finishes. Did you hear what I just said? The most submissions and finishes in light heavy in the light heavyweight division. Yeah? That's what he holds like so so apart from having a heavyweight bang bang or a light heavyweight bang bang, whatever you want to call it, it's heavyweight bang bang. This man will, you know. He will strangle your bumper claw out. He will rip your shoulder off, break your, your elbow, elbow joint, maybe twist off your kneecap, make you look at your patella from a different angle. You know, he, he's, he's no joke. <laughs> he's no joke. He's a well-rounded, well-rounded MMA. And then there's Yan. Yan is no joke either. Yan can bang. He can bang. His stand-up is is great, great, great stand-up, his wrestling is great, you can go ask Izzy, Izzy Adesanya that, stand-up, wrestling, guy's got it all, really good, really, really good, so you got Yan with 28 wins, 9 losses, you got Glover Tuxera, 33 wins, 7 losses, so he's been up and down and all around on a roller coaster. so in this fight, it finished with a submission, finished in the round 2, Three minutes and two seconds into round two. Glover manages to get on the back of Vian and strangle his bomber claw out. Okay. Total strikes from Glover was 93. Total strikes from Yang was 73. What landed from Yan? 53 out of those 73 strikes landed from Yan. That's 72%. That's that's a really good accurate percentage with regards to the world of thrown strikes and strikes landed by the way this is top level shit top shelf shit ain't no bottom shelf you know you're looking you know you're looking it's like going to a store going to a shop you can buy some alcohol you look at that bottom shelf of names that look like they come from somebody's basement or something like that or some names that sound like something some toys that you may find in in a toy shop and then you start looking at the top shelf and you start seeing some ah oh, start seeing some gq shit yeah Start seeing some lovely modeling lady shit that you see in the magazines when they try to persuade you to buy that shit. Yeah, so this is top shelf shit. It's that, shit, it's that stuff right there. Top shelf, right there. Glover landed 71 out of 93 strikes. So both of them are in a 70 percentage. Power shots, significant strikes and power shots from Yan. 45 in total. So these are like forceful, like I'm trying to send you to sleep with this shot, yeah? trying to get back to the dressing room with this punch Yan threw 45 landed 28 Glover threw 30, 39 landed 23 
takedowns. Glover had two takedowns out of six. So Yan defended some takedowns as well. Good fight. Round one. Let's go round one. Ding, 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 ding. Round one. Glover gets in quick with a smart, forceful, high crutch to a double leg takedown. Yeah? Let me say that again. Glover throws a punch and then straight away he's like the strategy like i'm fucking standing up with you for yan i'm standing up with you for yan i'm gonna go straight away he throws his hands up high brings the hands down low goes for a high crutch to a double leg takedown shit works yan was on his back for 80 percent approximately 80 percent of the time in the first round this was massive Ladies and gentlemen, this was a pivotal, pivotal moment in this fight. Because they're dry. They're dry. Literally dry. You know how dry? Imagine you just done, imagine you just done, you, you're on holiday, you go into a swimming pool, outside swimming pool. Sun's roasting, roasting. What about this Abu Dhabi swimming pool? Middle of the day, sun's roasting, beating you down. If you was a tomato, you'd be sun dried and put in a jar. Roasting, you're swimming. Swimming in the pool for like an hour. Get out the pool. And then you chill for an hour. All your shit dries up. Dry. <laughs> you just dry up. No shade. Dry up. So yeah, so they're dry. They're warmed up, but they're dry. Super, super dry. Yeah? Which makes a big difference when you start grappling now. Because the grips, the grips, the chances for escaping, everything becomes a little bit different when you're dry. Especially when you've got those gloves on as well. Because you ain't going to get much friction. No. So it was very, it was a massive, massive pivotal moment in the first round when Glover Tuxera managed to grab Yam, Yan, and put him down. I said Yam, like, <laughs> but even though, I'll tell you what, Yan does, he does have a head that's like a piece of Yam, I'll tell you that, it's sturdy and strong and solid. But anyway, so as he's down, as he's down on the floor and Glover's trying to work him, and Yan's, Yan's strong, you know, he's strong, he's not giving Glover much when Glover's on top of him. Trying to work his hands free. Yans is tying up his hands. He's grabbing, grabbing the hands, grabbing the arms. So because he doesn't want Glover to, to you know, to, to posture up and start throwing, throwing down some hammer shit. He don't want none of that. You know what? You know what Glover does? Glover does. He he cranks Yans' neck with a can opener. That's the name of the move. He cranks his neck with a can opener. So so basically, imagine imagine two people facing each other. And, you, and one of them puts the other, he grabs his hands behind his neck in a Muay Thai grip. If anyone knows what a Muay Thai grip is, you know that Muay Thai grip when, when the opponent, one opponent has two hands clasped and locked in with his fingers or her fingers behind the neck of their opponent as, as their opponent faces them, they're facing one another, and then you bring, like basically you, you're just bringing the neck down, you're trying to make the neck double jointed. Like literally trying to make a new joint in your opponent's neck. You're trying to get the chin to embed within the chest of your opponent. Trying to get the forehead to touch the like to touch the sternum. Trying to get the forehead to touch the sternum. Trying to you know trying to get that happening within your opponent. <laughs> that that shit hurts. <laughs> that shit hurts. And Yan didn't like that. You could see he did not like that shit. He was trying to scoot himself up. He was trying to punch. He was trying to sh shovel to the side. He did not like it. It was very uncomfortable. Ding, 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 ding. End of round one. End of round one. Yan, you know, I, I think Yan even says, oh, you got that Glover. As as um 
Glover got up on you know he, he got up uh from on top of Yan. I think Yan says oh one to you because you know they got a lot of respect for each other and I like that man. I know sometimes people like a little bit of needle, a little bit of fuck you, fuck you stuff, but let's not forget the honor and the warrior attitude with regards to this sport, man. Yeah, so round two starts. Yan starts the round with a beautiful left lead uppercut. Bang! Oh my gosh, Yan stand up is legendary. Telling you that Polish power. I mean, shit. If you get an Amazon delivery of that Polish power to the to the doorstep of your jawbone, you are sleeping. You ain't opening up shit. <laughs> You're sleeping. Telling you, great. Glover eats this because Glover's got a chin anyway. He's got a big BFG chin. You ain't putting that man man to sleep in the, in the so easy. Anyway, so Yan defends another takedown attempt. So he, he's cute to that now. He's like, nah, 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 it's not happening. The stand-up continues with both of them dropping bombs galore. Like, bam, 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 bam. Honestly, it's like fireworks in each of their hands. Glover catches Yan with a nasty left hook. Oh, my God. If you saw the way Yan's head, it wasn't even his head. It's like, it's like... It's like Glover, and this is all in the middle of a pocket war, so they're still, they're both firing bombs at the same time, like bam, bam, bam. Glover swings like some, you know, like somebody that throws, throws a discus, like I said earlier on. Honestly, he, he swung this bumberclaw left hook. It catches Yan's face, and Yan's whole body, it, his whole body moved like, you know when someone's got a picture on their wall and it's crooked? The whole, his whole unit fucking moved. <laughs> he moved across the arena. He didn't drop though, because Yan is, you could tell the pedigree, um, how hard they worked in their camp, just their fitness level. Their absolute fitness level enables one to absorb such devastation and damage. Because that shit moved Yan. Honestly, like, if you see it, you know I'm not joking. His whole body moved like a crooked picture on somebody's wall. Boom. Boom. But he doesn't go down. Yan, don't go down. Polish warrior. Doesn't go down. It's a nasty left hook. Almost drops him. Then Yan gets a, a takedown against the fence. So basically, after that, there's a bit of a melee. And then Glover goes in and gives him the takedown against the fence. They're scrambling, like, they scramble so much. They scramble like, like an egg race. They're scrambling for position. And then, at one point, I see, it's like Yan tries to reach, because Glover had two hands. He had two onto one on, I think it was like Yan's arm. And then Yan tries to reach down to add his two to the other two, two onto one. But then Glover switches it and grabs his foot and scoops him down on the floor. Once he scoops him down on the floor, it's Glover's world, man. It's Glover, you know, like Wayne's world. This is Glover's world. Wow, I tell you what, Glover just surrounded him like a like a spider on steroids, wrapping him up in some invisible thread of arms and legs and great, great MMA jujitsu grappling mixed up with a little bit of wrestling. Beautiful, managed to get on his back, flattens him out, and then it's like a rude rear naked choke. <laughs> tap tap tap. Game done. Perfect. Game done. Absolutely marvellous. Absolutely. It was brilliant. It was brilliant because it was a high, high level fight. And and how the fight finished, how the fight finished was like Glover, he, he was thanking his opponent, Yan. You know, he was thanking him. He was 
he just seemed sincerely honest. Like, after being... To be such a monster, and then straight away to switch into uh, the gentleman, the humble warrior, that was beautiful to see. That was... There was no animosity. No animosity. That was so enriching and beautiful to see. And and I don't know Glover Tuxera personally, but I just get the impression from a lot of people, including DC, Daniel Cormier, and others, that he's a really nice guy outside of the ring. Like, he's a generally nice guy. I'm not saying he's perfect. Just saying that people like, you know what? He's a nice guy. He's a cool, nice guy. I mean, it's Glover's such a nice guy that, you know, in his first fight, his first ever UFC, UFC fight, he had... He had some of the baddest men in his corner, you know. Man had Chuck Liddell in his corner. Um, I think he had Eddie Ruruso, some other people in his corner. Not Eddie Ruruso. Uh, I think he's a trainer. I think that might be um, a boxing trainer. But anyway, he, he had some great people in his corner. And, and Chuck Liddell was one of the names, standout names that I remember. And this was in his corner for his first ever UFC fight. That's how much of, of respect or how much vibe or good essence that this man carries. Like, it's, man. And then you could see once he was announced the champion and his family. And when he was walking off, you could see him breaking down when the camera's up on his face. And he's walking off and you could see he's trying to hold back the tears when he was talking to DC. Holding back the tears. It's, it was just, man, it's just nice to see when, when good things happen to good souls, man. That's just, <laughs> that's so nice to see. It just makes me feel nice. It just makes me smile. I'm smiling now just thinking about it. Like, it's nice. And it weren't, it weren't no bumper clock overnight thing, yeah? This ain't no overnight thing. This was years, years. You know, remember, he hit the UFC, but then he had to leave the country for years. And then he had to come back and start again. And, like, there's so much, so much obstacles, so much hurdles, so much hoops not even normal hoops. These hoops have been set on fire like some old school circus thing. And you got to jump through that shit and try not to get burnt. You know? And he done it. He has done it. What an inspirational, inspirational display of guts, willpower, heart, determination, discipline, love for the sport and the passion. What a display. Just what a space. It's inspirational. It's inspirational, man. Like, and his age as well. Like, he's insp inspirational. That's that's a man that lives the life. Lives the life. That's definitely not no Playboy Mansion lifestyle. You can't do that at 42. You can't go around sniffing coke in the bum cracks of beautiful models and shit and still think you can... You can still come in and do this or you can't go around driving your whip all drunk and getting pulled over with cameras on you and shit like that. Not to mention any names. You know, you just can't do that shit you, and, and still maintain your shit to the age of 42 because this is high level stuff. Like you need to have a you need to have an engine on you like, you know, like a hybrid Ferrari, not even normal gas, hybrid Ferrari and be built like a tank. <laughs> Man. It's never too late to become great. It's never too late to become great. If you don't believe me, go watch the Glover Tuxera fight versus Yan. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful display. Amazing. Absolutely amazing, guys. I really, really do recommend that you have a look at that. Because, man, that just, it's just it does. It just, it fires me up to just think that, you know what? You can do it, innit? You can do it. 
I don't know what you're going through as you're listening to this right now. I don't know what issues you may have or what challenges you may have or your ambitions or your goals. I don't know your dreams and your desires and your passions. You know, I know one of your passions is, is MMA and boxing because that's why you press play. But apart from that, I don't know. But I know you can. <laughs> I know you can do it. You can do it. Yeah? Is it true? Yeah? You can do it. Exactly. You can do it. You know you can do it. You know, ain't going to be easy, but it is possible within this realm. It's possible. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's go to some other monsters on this card because they were some monsters. This is, you know, one of my favorite fights. One of my favorite. You know what? It may even be my fight of the year, actually, because this shit was as technical. This, you know what? This was technical. This, this was like. Like two chess masters playing a game of chess, you know, but they've only got one eye and one arm to play moves with half the time. Like, it's just, it was a very, very technical fight. Beautiful, beautiful fight to watch. Let's go into the bantamweight co-main event. The former UFC bantamweight champion, Peter Yan, or Peter Yan, Petri? Pitri? Maybe Pitriyan. I, I think Pitri is the best way to say it. Pitriyan became, he became the two-time champion because he defeated Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen is, this guy is a Rubik's cue to his bumbaclot self. My goody, goody gosh. Sanhagen's no joke. Yan is no joke. But I'm a fan of Yan because I kind of followed Yan's story and he's a boxer. You don't get much you, you get actually you do get a few, but you don't get much champion champions in the UFC when their title is this guy is a martial arts expert. He's a boxer, or he's a freestyle, or he's a jujitsu, he's a you know wrestler. But Yan is a boxer, like that's that was his craft. Like he studies he studies boxing. That was his first thing, boxing, and then from there sprung nothing but beautiful devastation. <laughs> yeah. Corey Sanhagen, I don't even know how to describe him. He just like I don't know man. He just like <laughs> he just like I don't know, he's just a bit he's a bit like he's he's not Anderson Silver, but he has a a wily, strangey type of style. He has a he has a strange type of uh I don't know, like a Dominic Cruz type of movement, but it's not Cruz he doesn't have the movement of Cruz. He has his own movement, but it would be in a category where Cruz has got his own category of movement. I would say Sanhagen has his own category of movement. Like you'd be you'd be hard pushed to find a sparring partner that can emulate Corey Sanhagen. Like go on, go on then. Like that shit <laughs> You ain't finding that. You ain't finding that man. So anyway, I mean the fight finished it was a decision in round five. Yeah, and uh, Corey, Corey got outpointed. I think Corey, I think Sanhagen may have thought that he won that, but it was a close fight. But, nah, man. Yan, Yan took that. Yan, I think Yan took that. I mean, Corey was peppering Yan. If you, if you look at the stats, if you was to go into the stats, you could say that maybe, you know, if you just look at the numbers, it was Corey. But effective, like effective striking, it was Yan. Effective striking was Yan, you know, and Yan dropped Corey as well. In a in a close fight, things like that are uh, are remembered within the memories of um, the judges. So these guys they went at it. 
They went at it. They went at it hard. You got Peter Yan with 16 wins, two losses. You got Corey with 14 wins, four losses. Great fight. Really, really good fight. Yan got one knockdown. I mean, total strikes from Corey Sanhagen was 449. This man goes to work. Goes to work. Work. Conveyor belt style. Factory style. In and out, in and out, in and out. He landed 172 out of 449. Now, that's only 38%. He landed 172 out of 449 strikes. So there's a lot of striking, but there was a lot that was missing as well. That was a lot. 38% is quite low. Uh, Petri Yan, he landed 158 strikes out of 280. So he's got a 56% ratio, which is, he's quite efficient. He is efficient. And I love his boxing style. You know, you know when someone's master boxing, because they just deal with straight lines. Don't get me wrong, he's got hooks, but it's effortless. It's effortless. It's almost like, if, I don't know, you guys, if, if, if UK peeps are listening to this, you know about Mr. Sheen, innit? If you, Mr. Sheen, like I'm about to clean some of the woodwork in my house. Who are you going to draw for? Mr. Sheen. Mr. Sheen. Mr. Sheen is smooth. You you spray Mr. Sheen down, that shit is smooth. Like, you don't put Mr. Sheen on a laminate floor because it's so smooth that you may slip and, and, you know, because the shit's smooth. Shiny and smooth. And that's what P.T. Yan is. Like, Yan is, is shiny and smooth with his punches, but very, very efficient. Very efficient. He's like a well-oiled Terminator. Very efficient and slick with it. So, round one. Yan, Yan's just hunting, and Corey was like, Corey's main thing was distance and working the body of Yan, and it was effective. Corey definitely won the first round. He was just doing his movement, and you can see Yan was like, it's almost like he was just taking in the data, just like a Terminator. Okay, you got that look, you got that look, you got that faint, you got that switch, you got that twitch. Okay, but your footwork. He he just like he's he's just catching all the reads. He's reading the reads. He's reading his opponent, which sacrifices him to be a little bit less active on the front foot. Don't get me wrong, he's not getting pummeled, but he's not super active while he gathers the data and he reads his opponent, which is very efficient. <laughs> I told you this guy's efficient. <laughs> okay, so definitely Corey gets the first round, trying to keep distance. So Yan's centre of the ring and Corey's just bouncing around him and Yan's just, he's just like presence pressure. PP, presence pressure. So you just step in, you just step in, you just step in, stepping in, and your presence alone is making a pressure on your opponent. Every time Sang Hagen changes stance, though, Yan will chop his lower leg with a lower leg kick, or he, he would do a body kick and dig into his ribcage, which was quite effective. I like that. I, I think maybe that was a strategy that um, Yan's, you know, his team may have worked on. Because Corey switches stance. He, he, he switches stance like... Like I don't know, man. Like like a like a, a a retired widow that has millions switches her handbag. Like he just switches, 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 switches. He just switches stances, and and it's really effective. It is effective, but then it's kind of getting nullified because Yan is like, okay, you switching stance, bang, 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 kick his. <laughs> he was just kicking his leg up. He was kicking the shit out of his legs every time he switched stance or kick his body, which I thought was a very good counter with regards to strategy that's some smart shit when you think about it it's very smart very good indeed round two is pretty much the same but ye, but now 
now um, Petri Yan is like he's his work output starts to go up a level or two. Literally, it's like just turning the volume up. Like he just turned it up, and he starts he starts being a bit more effective because he's he's starting to read. He's starting to catch the reads, and he's and he's just basically. I think it was a bit of distance gathering, and he may be just a slow starter anyway. You get a you know you get some fighters that are a bit of slow starters because they want to get data or just that's just how they are. It just takes them time to get into their groove and before they get into the groove they may want some information and data beforehand but that takes time so round two yan starts to get into his thing round three the power is definitely with yan my goody goody gosh you can see when this man swings there is no like tap tap jab the tap tap jab but this every shot is a bang bang every shot is a bang bang and it's straight Smooth, Mr. Sheen, Terminator, clean, straight, straight shots. Really great straight shots down the pipe. His recoil and his, and his hooks are, are beautiful. Less recoil, less time. And he's quick as fuck. He's quick. Really quick. So Corey's digging in, digging in, investing in these body shots. And and he's doing pretty well. I think he's doing well, but he's getting catching on the way out. So we, as he's as he moves forward to digging his body shots, Yan is catching him on the way out, which is is quite an interesting play. So as this chessboard of strategy and brutal brutal science takes place, Corey is like, as as they're bouncing around each other, Corey kind of grabs Yan's hands, and he's and it's almost like he's hand fighting. Hand fighting and he's distracting Yan, so he'll grab the hands and then he might do a, a sneaky little shot to his face or a sneaky little shot to the body. And I think it's such a smart, smart distraction, smart, smart strategy. Like this is really high level stuff, high level game here, guys. Remember, this is top shelf business, man. It's that, it's that Grey Goose Ciroc, um type of stuff, man. Top, top, top shelf stuff. Really good Remy Martini stuff here, man. So, <laughs> so. This is where it gets interesting now, because, like, <laughs> I think it was round four, about round three, round four, a Yan swings with a Tasmanian devil-style back fist. Like, he spins himself round like a dirty hurricane from the, the, the from the, you know, like, from America, deep south, one of those nasty hurricanes. He swings round with a back fist, and he catches he catches Corey. Boom! But on top of that, as he finishes the rotation of his torso, he then hits Corey with the lead. Not with the lead, with the trailing arm that comes into the form of a fist. Oh my God, what a combo. This is some, like, it's a combo like that you'd be hard-pressed to do on some, I don't know, virtual fighter. I don't know, uh, Fatal Fury, uh, Street Fighter. I mean, <laughs> you try to do that more combat, yeah? Who could do that? I mean, I, I'm telling you, it was a, woof. It was a beautiful highlight reel combination. And this is all within the heat of the moment. This is all within the heat of the moment. Wow, this shit drops Corey. Shit was so beautiful and effective. Drops him. Drops him like a bad habit. Drops him like an overweight ex-girlfriend. Drops him. Drops him. Boom. My gosh. Then it's a powerful ground and pound and then a scramble like eggs. And um, I believe Corey ends up getting up on his feet. But man... That was a statement and a half what happened there. It was really good. Corey absorbs. I think it was round four. Um, 
yes, I think it's round four, round five. No, round four, Corey absorbs a mean clean shots to the head and the torso. Like, really good clean shots. He's starting to get touched now. Like, boom, boom, boom. Really straight down the pipe shots. It's almost like Yan has got the data and he just goes into overdrive. It's like, now it's time to kill. Straight away, boom, it's gone. Don't get me wrong, Corey Sanhagen still touching him because Corey threw 449 shots in this whole fight. He's not standing about. He's not just he's not just taking it. It's not like he's getting wet at a bus stop with no umbrella. He's moving, man. He's moving and he's giving as good as he's getting, but he's getting a bit more than he's giving, <laughs> to be honest. And and it was a really good fight. Round five, Sanhagen caught, I don't know, mate, Corey. It's a testament to his fitness and his camp. This guy was super duper fit. Corey takes, he eats a oversized double toe burger with cheese to his face. High kick from Yan. Badoom! Honestly, really. And it was a high kick when Corey was doing his, He, you know, Corey goes in and out, he's in and out, and he's backing away. And as he's backing away and moving laterally, Yan's like, where you going? Bang! Take the toe. Take the toe burger. And Corey eats that. He's not even phased. Not even phased. You know? Like he's bluffing. Like you don't even know he's bluffing. He's playing some some high class poker tournament. Don't say don't say shit. Just looks at it like and let's go. Let's go. Great fight. And as they finish in the end, they finish with Corey throwing some fly knees and Yan doing some reverse windmill heel kicks and great, great, great high level top shelf fight, folks. Great fight. One of my favourites, actually. Really, really good fight. And I love the respect afterwards. Good respect afterwards. I know Corey was very disappointed because he, he turns up and he, and he gives all his all. I think all of them give all they all, you know, to be honest. But I think I think um, Petri Yan, better man on the night. Definitely, definitely. I think he deserved the win. Deserved to be two-time champion. And uh, let's see where it goes from there because these were two thoroughbred monsters, honestly thoroughbred monsters and we had some um other fights on that card as well there was like i said the card was filled with monsters and i'm not going to talk about all of them but the card was filled with monsters man we got ishmael makachev versus dan hooker i mean ishmael sorry islam uh, makachev versus dan hooker islam submitted dan hooker with a kimura real quick round one boom 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 gone i didn't even think it would last that long like, sorry, I, I didn't think it would finish that quick, I should say. I thought it would last longer. I really thought it would last longer, but uh-uh. no, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. And I think Islam's made a statement there. Like, he's he's a monster. He's a, he's, he's a monster and a half, you know. Not to mention, um, you know, someone with a similar style to him. And he was he was on it that night. Oh, my gosh. His vibe. His vibe was was something different, and uh, he's he's cut from that he's cut from that kabib cloth, yeah. He's cut from that kabib cloth. He, you know what I'm talking about? Not not Islam. I'm talking about you know uh, Kazmet Chemaev, Kazmet Chemaev. Oh my gosh, this guy is he's a monster. He's another monster. He finished Li Jiang Lang, um, you know, finished him real quick, round one. And and it was just it was literally like it was a submission. Took him out. He couldn't do anything. Took him out. Made him go sleep because you know because Lee weren't gonna give up. A rear naked choke. Done him real quick. Took him to the ground. Done his work and it was really effective, really efficient. I remember at one point he picked him up and walked him over to where to where um um what's his name um Dana White where Dana White was sitting. Picked him up. 
walked over to where Dana White was seeing, sitting, said a few, a few words. And all of this time, Lee's like in his grip trying to scramble like a, like a fly trapped in a spider's web. And then after he said a few words, he slams Lee down and goes to work. Are you taking a piss? You're taking a piss. Really? Yes, really. Definitely, definitely monster. Definitely. I look, I look forward to seeing all of these monsters come out again. I really, really do. And guys, yeah, that's it for episode 28. Never too late to become great. Because what Glover Tuxera did, that's a testament to anyone that wants some inspiration. Especially especially if, you, if you're cut from that mature cloth. Yeah? If you've got a few years on this earth and maybe you're thinking, you know what? I'm not, you know, there's, there's more I can do. Or I feel like there's more that I'm destined to be. I feel there's more I can achieve. I think there's more out there. I deserve something a little bit different, something a little bit more. If you feel that, you know, and I'm talking about like the mature people now, yeah? No matter what you're going through, no matter where, you, where you've been, it's about where you're going. Yeah, it's about where you're going. And Glover Tuxera says, you know, his display his journey, his journey, and it ain't no Hollywood makeup shit, man, this is real life, blood, sweat, and tears, yeah, because he's been bleeding before, you go watch his fights, yeah, and he's made people bleed, yeah, he's been sweating before, you go watch his fights, go watch the last fight, he's been sweating, you know, and he's had, sh and he has shed tears, 